Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And now Bill will give the message. Hey everybody, uh, it's nice to see you all tonight. And uh, I hope everyone is uh, making it through their midterms okay. I, I know from several of you that you've got midterms next week as well. and work to do over the weekend, so I'm sorry for that. Uh, we've been working our way through the Beatitudes uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, and today, as Allison said, we come to the, to the fifth of those, uh, which is blessed are the merciful. And uh, let's remember uh, that these affirmations uh, that we call the Beatitudes uh, of Jesus, th these describe uh, qualities uh, which if, if I could be so bold as to put it this way, qualities which bring delight to God's heart. Uh, these are qualities that God uh, looks upon with favor. Uh, he looks with favor upon those who are poor in spirit, uh, those who mourn, uh, those who are meek, uh, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are merciful, uh, those who are pure in heart, those who make peace those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And in our day, perhaps in, in any day, uh, many of these qualities are counterintuitive, right? They're countercultural, uh, but that's the way of God's kingdom. Uh, it's always an upside down kingdom from the perspective of the world. So tonight Jesus says to us, blessed are the merciful, uh, for they shall receive mercy. And, and I think first off, it's helpful to think for a minute about what is mercy. Um, it's a broad term, and it's used widely in Scripture, uh, that refers to uh, compassion uh, or pity, uh, you'll sometimes see, uh, or forgiveness. Uh, shown, shown to someone whom it's in you, it, it would be in your power to punish or harm. Um, in, in other words, it recognizes that a person is in a weak position relative to me, for example, yet doesn't take advantage of that person in their weakness to punish them or to oppress them or to do them harm. And, and you know, you might see this, I don't know if kids use this term that way anymore, but you might in the past have seen this played out in, in the, the playground. If two kids are wrestling and and maybe the stronger one pins uh, the, the weaker one to the ground and, and he cries out mercy, you know, uh, and, and you, you let him up. Um, in, in scripture, we find uh, often two aspects of mercy that we want to look at tonight. Um, and, and the first of those is that we see in scripture that mercy moves in the direction of alleviating suffering alleviating uh, misery. And we see this very powerfully illustrated uh, through the parable uh, that Jesus tells, uh, the, uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. We just have a, a portion of that, I think, up on, on your screen. Um, 
I know this is familiar to uh, most, if not all of you. Jesus tells this story to to a man who was seeking to justify or vindicate himself uh, as as being righteous. Um, And so he asked Jesus, you remember, well, who is my neighbor? Jesus tells a story that describes a person who was going down from uh, Jerusalem uh, to Jericho on a, on a road that was known to be a, a dangerous road. And uh, this individual, he's going down and he's attacked on his way. He's set upon by robbers who uh, severely beat him uh, near to death, who strip him, who rob him of everything and leave him for dead. And Jesus describes how first a priest, uh, who would have been a respected religious leader, and then uh, after him a Levite, another respected religious person, come along. Um, but these two individuals, rather than stopping to help uh, this uh, wounded man who's in trouble, they pass him by, the, the text says, on the other side. And then um, uh, you know, surprisingly, the third person to come along the road is a Samaritan, um, someone who would have been, from the perspective of Jesus' audience, is an outsider, uh, even an enemy. And the Samaritan comes along, and the text tells us that uh, he sees the man. Uh, and, and it's interesting, because the priest and the Levites saw the man also, but... They saw him, but they didn't see him. Or they saw him, but they, they were looking at their own interests. The Samaritan is, is, is looking outward, and he sees the man, uh, which leads him, it says, to be moved with compassion. He has compassion, then, by this man's suffering. And, and he processes that, and he, he not only deals, you know, feels that internally, like, oh, how sad, um, but, but he processes, and then he, he is moved by what he sees to get involved. Uh, he becomes engaged in the situation with this person. And so it's not merely um, sad feelings. It's, it's a compassion that moves him to take action. And I love, some of you have heard this before, the, the, the well-known comments that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. makes about uh, this passage. He said, quote, uh, so the first question that the priest asked and the first question that the Levite asked was, you know, thinking, well, this is a dangerous situation. If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But then the good Samaritan came by and he reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? Moved by compassion, Jesus says, the man went to him and took care of him. He took tangible action to relieve this man's suffering and his misery. Action that cost him something. It cost him something in terms of risk of certainly inconvenience, he was going somewhere at the time, of time um, and of money. And uh, note that the person who does all this on behalf of this wounded man is not the priest, it's not the Levite, it's not the respected person within that culture, but it is a Samaritan. And so here is, is someone who is moved by compassion to cross 
boundaries, to cross lines, to cross the road. Uh, he crossed religious boundaries to help this person. He crossed social boundaries to help this person. He crossed racial boundaries to help him. He crossed political boundaries to help, not to help a beloved friend, right? I mean, we would all do that, but, but to help someone who might have been viewed even as a hated enemy. And Jesus telling the story then asked the man that he's telling it to, he says, well, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he answers Jesus and he says, well, the one who did what? The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. And, and so we see here a powerful example that mercy moves in the direction of alleviating suffering Blessed, Jesus says, favored of God are the merciful. But then secondly, mercy also moves in the direction of uh, forgiveness. And we see that often in scripture as well. And uh, for this, we see this in, in another well-known parable uh, uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 18, the parable of the unforgiving or the unmerciful servant. And in this case, Peter comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, how many times should I forgive someone who sins against me up to seven times? And Peter imagines that he's being very generous, seven times, that's a lot. But Jesus uh, confounds him. He says, no, I tell you, 70 times seven. And then Jesus goes on to tell the story uh, here about uh, a servant who owes his master such a fantastically large, impossible, enormous debt. And this servant, uh, when he's called to account, he, he's, he asks his uh, master to have pity on him, to have patience with him. And the master, contrary to all expectations, contrary, we might even say, to justice, uh, the master forgives uh, the entire debt. He says, I will absorb your debt. I will pay down your debt. And then that servant who has just been forgiven the most extraordinary amount of money that he could never repay in his entire lifetime, Jesus tells how he goes out and he refuses to forgive one of his fellow servants a comparatively small, minuscule debt. And uh, this leads, you know, it, it, the master at the end of the parable uh, uh, punishes that unmerciful servant. Should not you, he says, have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And, and so here we see the connection between mercy and, and forgiveness because to forgive someone, uh, picking up on the language of, of this parable, is, is to uh, release them, to free them from what they owe us, rather than, uh, what's the language we use? I'm gonna make you pay for that. Rather than making them pay, we choose to release the other person, we forgive them. That, that is to show mercy. Rather than to demand justice for ourselves, I've, you've wronged me, I demand justice. We absorb the debt, we pay it down, even though it is, it is owed, it's legitimate.
And God has been merciful in that way toward us. Uh, the song uh, that was sung earlier, Ephesians chapter 2, God is rich in mercy. God sees us as, as that helpless servant who has a debt we could never pay. God sees us in, in our hopeless situation, in our miserable situation. And like the Good Samaritan, he is moved with compassion toward us. And, and like the, the, the master in the parable of the unmerciful servant, rather than leaving us to, to perish in our indebtedness, to perish in our sin, rather than to punish us as we deserve, God takes action on our behalf. He comes to our aid even when we were his enemies. He forgives us our debt, even, even though it was huge. And, and so again, mercy moves in the direction of forgiveness. Blessed are the merciful, Jesus says. And this is really challenging, right? Um, how do we do this? I, you know, I, is this just another one of those, hey, let's all feel guilty and try harder uh, messages? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. So let's ask the question, how, how do we become uh, merciful? And one way uh, to think about becoming people who are merciful is to remember the arrangement, and this is one reason that we, we read them all every week, uh, the arrangement of the Beatitudes, because they're, they're not just randomly sequenced, they, are, they progress uh, in a very significant way. I mean, remember the sequence of the Beatitudes. First, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, and then those who mourn, who are meek, who hunger and thirst or righteousness last week. How do we become merciful? Well, a merciful spirit comes from a heart that has understood in the first place its own spiritual poverty. And, and that recognizing my spiritual poverty before the, the living God, I am grieved by my own sin, by the brokenness and the sinfulness of the world. And, and, and that in my, my grief, I, in, in meekness, I, I then am ready to acknowledge that I have no claim before God. I, I have nothing with which to obligate him to myself. I have no claim before him. And, and so in that situation, I come to, to a deep hunger and thirst for a righteousness, a righteousness that I don't find in myself. And see, when we're in that position, uh, in, 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 in other words, a merciful spirit comes from a heart that understands its own profound need for mercy. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me in, in my need. A merciful spirit comes from a heart that has experienced the comforting reality that against all hope, against all expectation, God has been merciful to me, right? And, and so a merciful spirit grows in me when I come to see that I am, I am broken, that I'm the one left for dead on the side of the road, that God has crossed the road at great cost to himself, the death of his beloved son, to take care of me, 
in my deepest need, to take care of you in your deepest need. And, and when I really begin to see that I am the debtor who owes an impossible amount, that I owe everything to him, to his mercy, then I find a merciful spirit is beginning to grow within me. And, and this helps us not only become merciful, it helps us understand this beatitude because it, on the face of it, this is one of the more confusing beatitudes. Blessed are the, the merciful, for they will receive mercy. You, you might read this and, and think, wait, that, is that right? Is that, is that Christianity? Is that, is that the way this works? That if I show mercy to others, then God will show mercy to me? I, I thought... The gospel was about salvation by grace alone, through faith alone. Well, it is. That's right. The logic of this verse is better understood to be saying this, that the one who, who refuses to show mercy to others, like the, like the unmerciful servant in the parable of Matthew 18, that person does not understand the greatness of, of their own debt, their own indebtedness, which, which God has graciously uh, offered to forgive. Or, or, or that person is, is like those who pass the, 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 the suffering person on the other side of the road without stopping, not recognizing that God crossed the road for me, that I am in profound, deep need, that God has met my need with compassion. And, and so a lack of mercy, friends, it, on my part, it's evidence of, of a lack of a, of a deep recognition of my own sin. It's evidence of a lack of a deep understanding of my own need for grace. It's a lack of a deep understanding of the mercy that God has shown me in Christ. The more, the more you know of God's mercy, the more you will be merciful to others. How could I, how, how could we, who have been shown such astonishing grace, how could I refuse? How could I then turn around and refuse to be merciful to others? Let's think about responding to this. I mean, today, uh, let's just take a minute, all of us, uh, because I, I think it's important for us to reckon with this, that, that, that we thank God that he did not pass us by on the, road, the other side of the road, so to speak, that, that he had compassion on us. He didn't treat us as our sins deserved, but that he has forgiven us in his great mercy. So let's just take a, a, a moment now, right where you are, to thank God uh, quietly, privately for his mercy to you. Let's thank him that he's not left us dead in our trespasses and sins. Let's thank him that he has had compassion upon us, that he has forgiven us in Christ at great cost, the, 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 the great cost, the death of his beloved son to secure our rescue. Let's just pause there for a minute.
But I also want to ask all of us tonight to consider this question. Who, who am I withholding mercy from? You know, we live in such uh, unmerciful days, uh, days of moral outrage, um, days uh, lacking in mercy. But our God, the God we serve, delights in mercy. I love the verses in Micah chapter 7, uh, verses 18 and 19, uh, where, where Micah says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity, passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You know, tonight, let's ask God to enlarge our hearts that we might be, first of all, deeply struck in a fresh way by the amazing mercy, the grace that God has shown us in Christ. And, that, and that as a result of that, we might become more people whose heart moves with compassion to alleviate suffering, the suffering of others, uh, that our heart moves to forgive as we have been forgiven. That we're not people who pass by on the other side of the road, but we're people who get involved in showing mercy to others. Uh, the more familiar verse from Micah is in uh, chapter six, verse eight. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God? Let's be, let's be those people transformed and renewed by the mercy of God toward us. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Thank you. Amen.